0: After a week off, a lot has changed in my life, but one thing is for certain, this show will never change. A full week has passed, Bowling Green, of course, losing the week before, and then they go into Mount Pleasant and take a chip out of the Waz. While Toledo is struggling, and in my opinion, you'll hear more. I feel dangerous for the Browns, and for picking the Browns this week. And what is happening with the Lions? They're becoming the LOL Lions again! Again! While the fish keep swimming. And the jackets keep getting points. It's been a week since I... Basically a full week since I did this show. But nothing has ever changed. Because this is all Andy Elford. Right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, and Stitcher. However you listen to me. Wherever you listen to me, thank you for tuning in the program. Guess who's back? All
1: the Alfred.
0: Twenty-four runs in the Spanish. We're gonna get shut out. Jumbo hit to a home run. Yes,
2: me. Two-two. It's time for All Andy Alfred. And oh, I love
0: you guys, and welcome in to this Tuesday edition, the thirteenth of November. 2018 edition of oh, Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network and you are listening to me on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, thank you for tuning into the program tonight, as uh, anytime you're listening to me, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into tonight's program and if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button, and we do shows every Tuesday and Friday, yes, Tuesday and Friday, right here on the Anchor Network. Got a lot to get into tonight, of course, a full week off for yours truly, Uh, last show we did was last, the Friday, November 2nd, so it's been a full week since we've done a show, so it is truly a pleasure to be back with you here in the Man Cave Studios here in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, we're going to recap the walleye game from this morning. They played in Wheeling. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about also the continuing continuation of the Jackets' woes, but they have been on a tear as of late. We'll talk about that as well as the rest of the NHL, and we'll dive into the NFL. But you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred. So welcome aboard, to the show tonight, and um, a little housekeeping notes before we begin tonight, and we'll talk about this at the end of the program. Now, remember, next week is the week of Thanksgiving. There will be a regular show this upcoming Tuesday, the 20th of November. However, we will do a special edition of all a The Elford on Thanksgiving. Yes, on Thanksgiving. It's going to be between the Lions game and the Dallas Cowboy game, of course. Uh, we'll be doing the doing the show there, because Bowling Green plays that Friday against Buffalo for the final home game and the final game of the regular season at Dwight Perry Stadium against Buffalo. So we will preview the big game for Bowling Green this upcoming Thursday. Yes, Thanksgiving Day 2018. All Andy Elford going to be on the air on that Thursday. So that is our uh, housekeeping So shows next Tuesday and Thursday due to BG's game being a Friday kickoff. Have not yet gotten the time for that game. Um, It's still to be determined, and remember, UT also plays at home that day as well, too, so it's going to be a time situation between the two. One team will probably be playing at 2 o'clock or at noon. The other team will be playing 2 to 3 hours later from that scheduled kickoff, so we'll talk about that on this program tonight as well. So like I said, you're listening to me on the Anchor Network, so let's dive into it. Let's get into it. Why was I not on the air last week? Well, I was on vacation. I took some time away to step away from sports for a bit. And to reflect on my life a little bit. And um, uh, did some adult things in my life. Purchased a new car. Um, Took care of some financials. Responsibilities and some stipulations. Everything's back on track now. You know we're all we're all on the right track, and we're all in right set of mind now to get you into this to the end of this season in the college football season, as well as the NFL, and diving more into the NHL. And I'm gonna also talk about this as well too. Uh, a lot of you are asking about college basketball. We will dive into the college basketball after the first of the year. That's right. A lot of you are saying well Andy, you, aren't, you know, Duke's playing now and they're playing good games now. You've got the, you've got Michigan playing Villanova next this week. You have Michigan State playing Florida Gulf Coast. BG was playing VCU. Why don't you talk about listen, college basketball to me is a great sport. I love watching the games but it really doesn't get started for me until after we get past the first of the year. And the NHL for me is, the NHL and hockey has been my number one go-to sports. College basketball and basketball in general has been low, lower tier for me. But, you know, we're going to talk about college basketball once we get closer to the end of the football season. And that'll be a nice little transition into that. So, if you're looking for college football, college basketball, or NBA talk as well, I have a show I can recommend you. I'll post it on our Twitter page. My good friend, Taryn Brand. He does his show down in Cincinnati every Wednesday. I listen to the program. They talk about NBA. They talk about the NFL. They talk about college basketball. They talk a lot about that. I want to give him a plug on that because he plugs my show on his network. So Truly a pleasure to Taryn, A good friend of mine from our days at BG. And Speaking of Bowling Green... Forward Falcons! Forward Falcons! Fight for victory! Stand and cheer it! Let them hear it! Fight for dear BG! Forward Falcons! Forward Falcons! Make the contest key! Finally win a Mac game and fight for Bowling Green! Yes! 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 BG gets the job done in Mount Pleasant, folks. Finally, they get the job done on a horrible weather day in Mount Clemens. Bowling Green gets the big win in Mount Clemens, beating the Central Michigan Chippewas 24 13. And look, this game to me was, you know, this is the third game. This is the third game with Paulini at the helm. Excuse me, the fourth. Yeah, the third game with Pellini at the helm after Mike Jenks has been fired. This was a good win for him. This is a good win for the program as well. You figure it figured it this way. You know, you're not playing for a MAC championship. You're not playing for a bowl game. You're playing for pride now. And these kids came out and just hammered Central Michigan. Hammered them. 17 points. They were down. In the game, 13 to nothing, They put 17 unanswered points in the third quarter alone to get the lead to go up 17-13. to 13, And they rolled with a 24-13 win over Central Michigan. Daggy, a great game. 13 for 23, thirteen, one one touchdown. He had one interception in the game. But, the story for me in this game, Andrew Clare coming back from the injury. He had that terrible injury against Western Michigan. Had a great game against Toledo. Had a horrible game against Western Michigan which caused him to have the injury and sucked a lot of the life out of Bowling Green in that situation. Coming back from that injury and getting the win, helping his team out with that great carry making two defenders miss him and putting the first points on the board in the third quarter for Bowling Green and Bowling Green capitalized with him at the helm absolutely capitalized with him at the helm. 12 carries for 82 yards, one TD in the game. Scotty Miller, seven catches, 73 yards. Uh, Hendricks, two catches, eight yards, one TD in the game for Bowling Green. For Central Michigan, it was Higgett, uh, Hergot, tw- 11 for 21, 94 yards passing, one touchdown, one INT in the game. Ross, 13 carries for 33 yards, no TDs in the game. Hicks, two catches, 40 yards, one TD in the game. Spalding, four catches, 34 yards, no TDs in the game. And look, this game, the defense really stood stood out for me in this game because of the fact that they stepped up. The weather conditions were absolutely horrendous. It was snowing. It was windy. It was cold. But that's what you get when you play in Central Michigan this time of year. You're going to get cold weather games. This is a cold weather team. And Bowling Green... Came out and they shut them down. 166 yards of total offense, 94 through the air, 72 on the ground. Bowling Green had 320 yards of total offense, 142 through the air, 178 on the ground. Penalties again killed Bowling Green with five penalties for 31 yards. Central Michigan, two penalties for 13 yards. Central Michigan turned the ball over twice in the game to Bowling Green's one. Bowling Green was eight for 19 on third down. Central Michigan, four for 12 on third down. So Bowling Green getting their first MAC win. This has been a program that hasn't had a MAC win in over a year. Hasn't had a win against a FBS school, not an FCS, an FBS school this last year. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, and I, there's a lot of bright spots out of this team I've seen. There's a lot of bright spots out of this team. Like I said, I, I, I told you, Daigie, Claire, Miller, I could see them playing on Sundays. I can really see them playing on Sundays and making an impact. In any NFL team. But you know. Special teams help them out as well too. That pooch kick. Absolutely amazing. Play out the books. And the words of the guy from the Waterboy. You know. Last game of the year. Nothing else to hold back. You know. That's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. So Bowling Green. Gets the 24 to 13 win. And Carl Polini, his gray point average goes from a two three to my to me now giving him a a two nine. He's got a two nine. He's improved his thing. The Akron game against Terry Bowden will give him will give if he gets he gets up to the three point if he gets up to the three point two or he falls back to a two point six. Because right now he's running at about a C average. And how he got his club up after the Kent State loss. A full week. Uh, Basically a full week. To get his team up for this game. Because they played on the 30th of October. Didn't play again until the 10th. So it was good to see Bowling Green... Finally getting on the right page. And you're going to hear it here. You, of course, every Tuesday's edition of All-Indy Alfred, you get to hear the coach, Carl, the, the interim coach now for Bowling Green, Carl Polini and his presser. You'll hear about what uh, how he felt about this team and how about this game as well, too. And he, you'll also hear about special team coverage. And as the press conference happened Monday at the Sabo's Athletic Center, in down in Bowling Green, Ohio, and this is courtesy of the Bowling Green Athletic Department. After getting the win and coming back,
1: do guys does this make the guys more hungry, for apt to uh to go after it once you had a taste of success?
2: Uh naturally. You know, hopefully there'll be a little, little spring in their step coming out to practice tomorrow. <clears throat> but one thing you know, I've talked to him about from the beginning is regardless of the result we'll judge ourselves by our last time we took the field, you know, and and so it's more about the process. Winning or losing doesn't really change how you work during the week and how you prepare and um, that's how you have teams that that are just up and down, you know, and if you really want to create the right kind of culture and be the right kind of football team, your approach shouldn't change week in and week out regardless of your opponent regardless of the results of the previews.
1: So what's the problem this year? Stand from death. But in the past week or 2 I've just in the submission game. Cedric Mitchell had a big day on special teams. <coughs> really come on. Jordan wink had a big catch. Are you starting to see some of those guys, those younger guys, the light come on?
2: Uh, there's no doubt. Caleb Biggers would be another one. Uh, Grant Loy's contribution. All guys that, uh, you know, starting the year, didn't really have a role. Um, but you're out there at practice every day, constantly evaluating every single player, whether he's playing the scout team, um, whether he's a backup, you know, how can he help us? And, and that's something that I've I really challenged our coaches to do. Think about our personnel and how can we use them to help contribute to the team. And the more guys involved, you mentioned some new names, the more guys that have success. Um, the more engaged the entire team be- becomes, they they see there's opportunities to get on the field and help the football team, and and hopefully that trend will continue as we move forward. How have you seen the defensive
1: line grow, especially the younger guys, you
2: know, over the last few weeks? Um, tremendous growth, and and that's something that um, when I took over, I think um, you know we talked offensive and defensive line play quite extensively that first Sunday. And how could we make it better? And we instituted a a little period at the beginning of practice where it's just kind of live in the box, you know, live defending the run, live blocking the run, um, and really getting our ones versus our ones and throwing some young guys in there with the older guys and um, really just focusing on technique, filming it, um, really simple. We call it a pod drill. Really a simple drill. I think it's allowed our guys to progress more rapidly, become more physical, um, and it's something we'll continue doing, you know, throughout. The
1: package you guys use with Grant, it's kinda of similar to a wildcat, but it has the wrinkle, which she's an actual quarterback and he can throw the ball. Have you seen the personnel that the defense has used against you? Are you seeing good looks from what you can bring out of that?
2: Oh, there's no question, and, and and you said it, you know, he's a dual threat guy. Um, he's a great athlete, he's fast, one of the faster guys on the team. Um, he's strong, um, but what I love about Grant Loy is, is the energy he brings out there every day. He's a good leader, players respond to him, um, and I just thought it was really important that we create a role for him because he's too good an athlete to be standing on the sidelines the entire game, and. Um, you know, I, I know he loves being a part of it, and our players really respond to him. And and anytime you you do anything unique like that, it brings some energy to that side of the ball. And it gets after
1: this week. they like to spread people out make you defend the of the field. Is there anything you have to do defensively that will change?
2: No, I mean I, I think you know that our scheme was developed in the Big 12, and that's what teams did. I think what we do works. Um, our Achilles heel this year has been open field tackling and, and winning those one on one battles that you have to win against a spread offense. So, um, you know, we have to continue to get better at that. Um, and it'll be a good gauge for how much we have improved defensively if we can defend an offense like that.
1: How much of a, a boost can a defensive performance like you guys had on Saturday give to those players you know, throughout the week? I guess can it be more of an affirmation
2: for those guys? It is an affirmation. And and I've been saying it week after week and not only here but in the locker room. I, I see the improvement and, and I see the discipline coming, the understanding of, of what we're doing defensively. I've seen it progress throughout the year. Despite the injuries, new guys in, the learning continued. I as a coach saw signs and and But I can tell them that all I want until they actually experience on the field and and see when we execute, when we play with discipline, we play with good eyes. Uh, Most importantly, the effort and the energy was was unbelievable on Saturday. Um, They should have a newfound confidence. I I think um, they're starting to progress to the point where where they're a pretty good defense. And and teams are not just going to be able to come in here and, and just run their basic offense and have their way with us anymore. Um, And they should take that to the bank, take a lot of pride in it, because it's really been a result of the hard work of the players. We still have a simple call sheet from what I'm used to. We're not going deep into our scheme. We are just trying to execute the basics of what we do. Um, And we did that pretty well on Saturday.
1: The fair catch rule in the kickoff has just changed the dynamics of that play so much this year. How do you guys play it? versus where you're aiming the ball and when you decide to return the ball if you want
2: to. In that question again.
1: How do you decide when you're on a kickoff where the kicker should be aiming the ball, if anywhere, or where the return man should be getting returned?
2: Well you know, that's something we, we we've tried to do a little bit that this year, that pooch kick, and certainly the, the fair catch rule has changed things. Um, we felt like there was a lot of open space on their kickoff return. So it was a planned thing. Um, we also, you know, we talked to Nate before the game, and um, we knew going that way into the wind, that ball would hang, and it would be tough for a non-returner to judge it. Um, so we felt like it was just a perfect time and place to use that. Um, as for, you know, kicking, I, you know, the, the fair catch rule hasn't really changed the way we approach that a kickoff in that phase of the game. Um, There's always an opportunity to do that. Um, Haven't seen it used much this year. I'm certain as players, as coaches, look back at the season, at the special teams tape, it'll be, it's usually a year behind. It's the next year where they start to think about opportunities where they can use that rule to their advantage as a return team.
0: So you just heard the Carl Polini press conference. Bowling Green travels to Akron where Terry Bowden, And it is Acrid Zips, Saturday afternoon. As you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Now, however you're listening to me tonight and wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. Let's dive some more into college football. And how about this? How about the struggles that are happening over on Bancroft Street here in Toledo, Ohio, On the football field. For the University of Toledo. You know they had such high hopes. At the beginning of the season. A lot of them had them picked to win. The conference. And win the division. And they have just laid a flat egg. They have laid a flat egg. Five wins on the year. They're one win away from bowl eligibility. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. But they traveled to NIU last Thursday to take on, excuse me, last Wednesday, to take on Northern Illinois. And NIU just ripped them apart. They got beat up by the Huskies. 38-15. Childress for NIU, 13 of 19, 131. One touchdown, one INT. He also ran the ball 10 times for 58 yards, two TDs. Harrison, 21 carries, 139, no TDs in the game. Wesley, two catches, 34 yards, no TDs. Lurch, 2 catches, 35 yards, 1 TD in the game. For Toledo, Eli Peters, 26 for 47, 264, 1 TD, 0 INTs. Tompkins, 12 carries, 62 yards, no TDs in the game. Cody Thompson, 8 carries, 8 catches, 110 yards. He's the bright spot on this team. No touchdowns. Javay Johnson, 4 catches, 54 yards, 1 TD in the game. Breakdown looks like this. Toledo had 24 first downs to NIU's 20. On third down, Toledo was 11 for 24. NIU, 5 for 12. Total yards, NIU, 427. Toledo, 431. In the air, they were 264 and on the ground, 167. For NIU, 131, 296 on the ground. Penalties again, killing the University of Toledo. Five penalties for 30 yards, but NIU, five penalties for 53 yards. But NIU turned over the football twice. The University of Toledo turned it over no times. TU plays Kent State this upcoming Thursday at Kent State. I have that game picked, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But here's my situation with UT. If you're Matt Candle, if you're Matt Candle, do you take the bowl game? You got to win one more game to be Bull eligible. Six wins is the credibility. And you're gonna probably going to get an early Bull game. First or second week of December with this. How bad your season is. Do you take the Bull game? Of course, in my opinion, you know, there's two fictions to this. If I was the AD, yes. Because you're taking the money for the university to not only, you know, branch out and talk and break out scholarships and and bring in recruiting cases but in all reality for me if I was a coach and a player I wouldn't take a bowl game for only six wins at best you're going to be six and six maybe seven and five hell you might not even make the bowl game and be five and seven and the thing is, they had such high hopes. You know, Cody Thompson coming back for his senior year. I thought that was going to be one of the driving forces for this team. Absolutely did not do anything. He had a great season. He alone was the rocket offense. Nagani, horrible. Tomkins horrible. The defense, not living up to what everybody thought they were going to be. And it's just sad to see a good hype team, a great hype team at the beginning of the season, just become absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. NIU, uh, Western Michigan is playing Ball State tonight. If Western loses, NIU clinches the West and clinches the spot for the MAC. Toledo has no chance now. They had no chance at the beginning because you lose to Eastern Michigan. All right, that's one loss. You win at Western, that's a, that's a that's a gift. But you lose to NIU. That's where you get three losses in conference play in in not three losses into division play and then you have those losses big losses. I mean I I I I don't know what to say. You know, you, there there's two losses there. You've lost to Miami, Florida. You've lost to Fresno State. And I forget the third loss. You lost the third. You lose the third game. So in the two losses you've got in Mac. Play, that's five losses. So, you know, as an outsider looking in, you know, the Mac's is going to have some teams that are going to be Good in bowl games. Uh, I wouldn't be one of those... If you're a Toledo fan and you're thinking that Toledo's going to be good at a bowl game, I I wouldn't put money on that. On a backup quarterback. The only right spot of that is the wide receiving core that could get injured during a game. So... If I was the UT... I'm a UT fan. I'm hoping that you win this Kent State game, which you probably... Probably will. It's at Kent State though, so and Kent State is a team that's absolutely horrible this year, and we played Bowling Green has played them and gave them a good run. But they are just absolutely horrible. But we'll see, you will absolutely see. Talk about another team that's absolutely embarrassing, Michigan State. Now, last week, Ohio State played Nebraska. I said, I was going to say on the program, after that game, because I was, I was off for of the full week, I thought about this, I said it on my Twitter, you know, this sets up for the big game between Ohio State and Michigan State. This would determine the East, basically, because... Michigan losing to Ohio State, but Ohio State then would lose to Michigan state. If Michigan State beat Ohio State, they got Michigan State back into the hunt. The only losses that they've had in in, in the conference have been to Michigan and to uh and to Northwestern. So those two losses, you know, the one loss in the conference play is is different. But but here's the thing. There's a lot of case on Mark D'Antonio being let go, lots of things out of the Red Cedar in the situation. He was just outplayed. His team was outplayed. They played some of the best football out there for three for two quarters. For the first half, they shut down the Ohio State Buckeyes. And then the third quarter and fourth, the second half began. And it was like a tale of two games. You had the powerhouse of Michigan State, which they have always been. They have always been. And then you had what I consider the BG of the Big Ten game. Absolute embarrassment in the second half. Absolute embarrassment. How can you... First of all, the punt situation. Letting that football go over the end zone. Out the end zone for the safety. It's like giving them we gave them points. Okay. Second, poor tackling. I know Haskins is great. And I know Weber is fantastic. But shutting, you know, we shut them down to only 120 yards of total run. But they still killed us. Still killed us. The defensive end. And then losing the football. You've got to hold on to the football. Now I'm looking at this as a Michigan State fan, okay? We'll get to the Ohio State perspective here in just a second. There is no case for Mark D'Antonio to let get let go for this game. He's got two games to end the season. I don't have the schedule right on me. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at it and give it to you guys here in just a second. But there's no point for him to be let go. There is no point. Now the Ohio State's perspective. This game shows you how weak you are in the de- on the offensive front, when you're going up a good, against a good defense, it shows you. It didn't. It, it had to have been at least one half of football before you actually got started. Before you guys got actually started. And Haskins had a good game. He did have a good game. As Ohio State beats Michigan State twenty-six to six. Haskins 24 for 39, 227, 1 TD, no INTs in the game. Mike Weber, 22 carries, 104 on the ground, 1 TD. McLaren, 5 catches, 63 yards, no touchdowns in the game. Campbell, 6 catches, 42 yards, 1 TD in the game. For Michigan State, Brian Lernerky, 11 for 28, 128, no touchdowns, 1 INT. Lombardi, 3 carries, 49 yards, no TDs in the game. White. Eight catches, one hundred and fifteen yards, zero touchdowns. And that shows you that the Michigan that the Ohio State secondary was not that great this in this game. Stewart, four catches, forty-two yards. No TDs in the game. Ohio State, 21 first downs to Michigan State's 12. On third down, Ohio State six for eighteen. Michigan State two for sixteen. Tells you how bad that game was. 347. Total offense for Ohio State, 227 through the air, 120 on the ground. For Michigan State, 247, 220 through the air, 54 yards on the ground. And penalties killed Michigan State in this game. Seven penalties for 46 yards. Four penalties, 30 yards for Ohio State. And three turnovers killed Ohio State in the game. Michigan State has has Rutgers this week, and Ohio State has Maryland this week, and let's talk about another team that's in the state of Michigan, that's the Michigan Wolverines, they cruised to a 42-7 win over those Rutgers, Rutgers uh, Silver Knights. Cruising through, Patterson, 18 for 27, 260, 3 TDs, no INTs in the game. Chris Evans, 6 carries, 75 yards, 1 TD in the game. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 5 catches, 83 yards, no TDs in the game. Nick Collins, 3 catches, 56 yards, 2 TDs in the game. For Rutgers, Solowski, 8 for 19, 40 yards passing, no touchdowns, 1 INT. Pachinko, 16 carries, 142, 1 TD in the game. Blackshear, 5 catches, 16 yards. Grisado, 1 catch, 19 yards in the game. Looking at overall breakdowns, Michigan 24 first downs to Rutgers 11. 9 for 14 on third down for, for the University of Michigan. Rutgers 4 for 12. 453 in total offense for Michigan. 260 in the air. 193 on the ground. For Rutgers, 252 in total offense. 59 on the in the air. 193 on the ground. Both teams had 20 yards uh, in the teens, uh, excuse me, in the, in the double-digited penalties. Two penalties for 20 yards for Michigan. Three penalties for 30 yards for Rutgers. The Rutgers' Silver Knights. Two turnovers in the game to Michigan's zero. Other, and and other scores around college football this past week. 14th ranked NC State goes down to Wake Forest 27-23. It was the Eric, Syracuse Orange in Dino Babers 13th ranked taking down Louisville 54 23. Fresno State loses to Boise State 24 17. It was the Florida Gators chopping through the game. Cox 35 31. West Virginia winner 47 10 over TCU. It was Penn State getting the win 22 10 over Wisconsin. And I'll say that here and just a, buy it in just a second. It was Navy losing to South uh, Central Florida 35 24. Alabama Crimson Tide continue to roll tide through their through the season as they get the 24 to nothing win over Mississippi State. Kentucky falls to Tennessee 24 to 7 in the game. 8th ranked Washington State gets the win 31 to 7 over the Colorado Bison. Northwestern played Iowa. Now in this game in this game with Penn State beating Wisconsin. And then you have Purdue playing. They played Minnesota and row the boat beats them 41 to 10. Northwestern wins. They won they win the West. And they did. Beating the Iowa Hawkeyes. 21st ranked Iowa 14 to 10. And Northwestern will be playing in the big Ten championship game in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So get your tickets for that one. That's going to be a shocker. Iowa State will win a twenty-eight to fourteen over Baylor, and seeing that fight, which is oh, so there's some places that you can fight, and some places you can't. Big shootout in the in in Norman as Oklahoma gets the win 48-47 Oklahoma, over Oklahoma State. Georgia beats Auburn 27-10. So I want to see what happens this Thursday on NBA on TV to see what uh, Chuck and uh, Chuck and EJ are going to be doing for this bet. Uh, LSU a winner 24-17 over Arkansas. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish cruises to a 42-13 win over Florida State. Texas gets a 41-34 win over Texas Tech. And Clemson getting a 27-7 win over Boston College. Looking at some of the other games... Around in the in the Big Ten, of course, Maryland was a loser to Indiana, thirty four thirty 32 Illinois gets the win, loses to Nebraska, fifty four to thirty five. And in the other MAC games that happened last week, of course, in week eleven of the scores, Ohio loses to Miami of Ohio, thirty to twenty eight. Kent State loses to Buffalo, forty eight to fourteen, and Akron gets beat twenty seven to seven over the Eastern Michigan. Eagles. Some action games to pick this week. Of course, Ball State is at Western Michigan. I'll take Ball State in the game. Buffalo is at Ohio to take on the Bobcats. I'll take Buffalo in that game. NIU is at Mi- at home to take on Miami Ohio. I'll say the 7th straight win for the Huskies will be easy and they will clinch. They will clinch with the Western Michigan loss to Ball State. So I think NIU versus Buffalo for the MAC championship this year. And then Toledo is at Kent State. I'm going to take Kent State in this game just because of the fact that I think Toledo is not going to be prepared for this game. But overall, tonight, of course, we're doing the show a little after 7 o'clock, so we're just now getting the college football playoff rankings and really not changing much. Number one, Alabama. Clemson, two. Notre Dame, three. Michigan, four. Georgia is five. Oklahoma, six. LSU is at 7, Washington State is at 8, West Virginia 9, Ohio State stays at 10, UCF moves up 1, to now from 12 to 11, Syracuse now 12, Florida is at 13, Penn State 14, Texas is at 15, Iowa State is at 16, Kentucky 17, Washington is 18. Utah 19th, Boston College is now falls to 20th, Mississippi State goes down to 21st, Northwestern moves up it's now 22nd in the country, Utah State 23rd, Cincinnati is 24th and Boise State is 25th in the college football playoffs. So we now hit to the final second to last week of college football the college football season before we get into championship time. Of course, coming up around The Corner as You're listening to All Andy L for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcasts Now, however you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now, let's talk about the LOL Lions. God, it's going to be pathetic. Let's talk about this Lions team. There is some bright spots out of this whole situation. I was recently on the 7 Sports Cave in Detroit. And I was talking to their uh, writer, Justin Rose. And we talked to, I, I made the comment and I said it on, on a tweet to him. And it was read on air, of course. Of all the bright spots of this season, there's tons of bright spots in this season. Where we began the season at to where we are at now and the, the the quality i wrote the quality on the field with michael roberts and the defense is better than at the beginning of the year but it's because of matthew stafford we should be 5 and 4 instead of 3 and 6 and that's the honest to god truth the honest to god truth of the whole situation this team needs a leadership quarterback at the helm. And Matthew Stafford, right now, is not the guy. He has not proved it this season of why he got this big contract. He has not proved it. He has not proved it. He has not proved it! And it's just the same Lions team now. It's an embarrassment. This is the same Lions team that we had on Monday night when we were embarrassed by the Jets. And the bad, horrible offensive scheme that we had against the 49ers. And it's against a divisional opponent. It's basically for me... I'll throw this out. I'll throw this out to you, folks. And this will be a question on the Twitter. Do you think the Lions pay too much for Matthew Stafford? Because in my opinion, it's a yes now. It's a yes more than anything. More than anything. Anything. This guy is absolutely horrendous. He had a tremendous season last year because it was a contract year. And he gets this big deal and does part of my language is absolutely garbage. He's absolute garbage. It, like I said, it was against a divisional opponent, folks. The Bears, who are absolutely amazing, my cop, my old broadcast partner Nick the Money Man De Vera. I am very very impressed with your Bears. I am very very impressed by your Bears. Leading the division. Leading the division. Absolutely amazing. A six and three record. Minnesota, of course, on your helm. But it all started with last, this past Sunday, with the Bears beating the Lions, thirty-four to twenty-two. Stafford, twenty-five for forty-two, two seventy-four, two TDs, two ints in the game. You can't have that. You really can't have that. They were down. They were down in the game early. They rallied to get those 22 points. Because they were being beat, beat up. They were getting destroyed. It was like 26 to nothing. Before they actually started making gains. And making the plays. Absolutely horrendous. Johnson. 14 carries for 51 yards. Kevin Galloway. 6 catches. 78 yards. 1 TD in the game. T.O. Reddick. Six catches, 60 yards, no TDs. And by the way, we're going to see the Bears in next week on Thursday for the Thanksgiving game. You're basically going to give them the division. Which is a surprise. An absolute surprise to me. Absolute surprise. Because Trubisky had a great game. 23 for 30, 355, three TDs, no INTs in the game. Howard, 11 carries for 21 yards, no TDs in the game. I will give the Lions defense credit on that. 54 yards, a total rush offense. Stopping them for only 54 yards, that's tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. Robinson, six catches for 133 yards, two TDs in the game. Uh, Miller, five catches, 122, one TD in the game. Lions, 24 first downs to the Bears, 24 for 15 for third down for the Lions, 4 for 10 for the for the Bears. They had, the Lions had 305 yards of total offense, 229 to the air, 76 yards on the ground. You cannot win football games that way. You cannot win football games that way. The Bears had 402 yards, 346 to the air, 54 on the ground. Penalties killed both teams. Six penalties, 41 yards for the Lions. Six penalties, 46 yards for the Bears. But the problem was the turnovers. They were as busy making turnovers as an Arby's employee on a hot summer afternoon. Making those turnovers. Three turnovers in a game for for Detroit. No turnovers for Chicago. You're not going to win football games. You are. You're not going to win football games that way. You're not. You're not going to win football games that way. But you know what? You feel a little dangerous. That's how Baker Mayfield felt. I felt a little dangerous. I woke up this morning, and felt a little dangerous. <laughs> I love this kid. And what about the Browns? The Browns have a better record. They have a better record than the Lions. They do. The Browns have a better record than the Lions. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have laughed at your face. But the Browns have a better record than the Lions. Unbelievable. That's the Browns. And it's good to see. It's good to see both teams competitive in this area. But when it's only three wins, still. Third win. This is the first time the the Browns have had three wins since 2015. When they had Chud at the helm. As the Browns get a 28-16 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan having a great game. 38 for 52. 3-30 through the air. Two TDs. No INTs in the game. He also carried the ball three times for 13 yards. Coleman. 11 carries for 44 yards. No TDs in the game. Julio Jones. A good game for him. Seven catches. 107 yards. One TD. Amari Hooper, 10 catches, 56 yards, one TD in the game for Baker Mayfield. A tremendous game for him. 17 of 20, 216, three, count it, three TDs in the game. But the big story of the game was Nick Chubb, a 92 yard touchdown return, the longest touchdown return in Brown's expansion history for a touchdown. 20 touches, 176, 1 TD. He caught the ball 3 times for 33 yards for a touchdown as well. Anthony Callaway, 2 catches, 39 yards, no TDs. Johnson Jr., 4 catches, 31 yards, 1 TD in the game. Breakdown looks like this. Atlanta 25 first downs to the Browns, 19 first downs. Atlanta 5 for 14 on third down, the Browns 4 for 8. 427 yards total offense for the Cleveland Browns. 216 in the air, 211 on the ground. For Atlanta, 311 on the air, 71 on the ground. Breaks out the 382. Atlanta had one penalty for five yards in the game. That is a disciplined team right there. An absolute disciplined team right there. The Browns, seven penalties for 38 yards. Atlanta turned the cough of the football twice in the game. Two fumbles in the game. Cleveland, one turnover in the game. Rest of the week 10 looks like this. Carolina loses to Pittsburgh 52 to 21. New Orleans gets the win over Cincinnati 51 to 14. Jacksonville a loser to Indianapolis 29 to 26. Arizona loses to Kansas City 26 to 14. How about the Bills going into the Meadowlands and destroying the Jets 41 to 10. The Washington Football Club gets the win over Tampa Bay, sixteen to three. And how about Mariota? Absolutely amazing. The New England Patriots go in to tent Nashville and lose to the Titans, thirty-four to ten. Unbelievable. Chargers were a winner, twenty to six over the Raiders. Green Bay. Beats up on the Dolphins 31-12. It was the Rams a winner 36-31 over the Seattle Seahawks. The Sunday night game sees Dallas a winner 27-20 over Philadelphia. Philadelphia gave them a run at the late of the game. And the German gets the win 27-23 to over the San Francisco 49ers. Week 11 starts this Thursday. Green Bay is at Seattle. I will take Green Bay in that game. As you are listening to all Andy the offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify google podcast podcast now stitcher however you're listening to me tonight wherever you're listening to me thank you for tuning in and now let's hit the ice I know it's cold outside right now but let's hit the ice because the jackets are rolling so the jackets continue to roll they've gotten points in their last five in their last four of the last five games that tells you something right there folks they're getting better. They are absolutely getting better. Don't get me wrong. They are absolutely getting better. And Friday night was a rematch that I've been waiting for for a while. At Capital One Arena in downtown Washington, D.C. in our nation's capital, the Columbus Blue Jackets, took on the, Washington, the defending Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals. It was a good game. Bjork Strang started the scoring for the Jackets, getting his second of the season before Niskanen bearing it past Sergei Babrovsky and tying the game at one apiece. But then Anthony Duclair in the third period bearing it past Braden Hopi his seventh of the season as the Jackets cruise to a 2-1 win over the Washington Capitals. Breakdown looks like this. The Jackets outshot Washington 36-34. They were down in the face-off department 52 to 47. The Jackets 2 for 3 on the power play, Washington 1 for 5. 10 minutes of penalties for Columbus, 6 minutes of penalties for Washington. 24 hits for the Jackets, 19 for the Capitals. So it was great to see the Jackets getting back on the on the winning page and continuing their winning ways after their win against Dallas last Tuesday. They headed into 200 West H&Y Boulevard on Saturday night. To take on the New York Rangers. And this game was an interesting one to say the least. Nika Zabata starting the scoring for the Rangers, his seventh of the season, before Cam Atkinson buries it past Groover, his seventh of the season, and it's one one. And then and then two unanswered goals for the Rangers. Bukenev, and Kreider. It's 3-1. I'm saying to myself, oh, God. This can't be happening. This cannot be happening. We cannot be losing to the Rangers yet again. We can't. We can't be losing to the Rangers yet again. But Pierre-Luc Dubois starts the scoring trend for the Jackets. His seventh of the season. And then the captain, Nick Foligno, bearing it past him. Ties the game at three. And then finally Alexander Wenberg. Finally you do something right. Serenity now. That's how I feel when I see him on the ice. Serenity now. He gets his first of the year. And it's four. To three for four. Hainesy, Kevin Hainesy. But less than a minute to play in the second. Ties it back up at four. We go to overtime. We go to a shootout. And the Jackets lose in a shootout. But still pick up a point by a score of five to four. Looking at the breakdown, looks like this. The Rangers had 19 shots on net to Columbus's 38. Columbus, 62% on the faceoff dot to the Rangers' 38. Columbus one for two on the power play. The Rangers 0 for two. Both teams had nine minutes of penalties. Twenty six hits for the Jackets. Twenty two for the Rangers. And of course, Jonas Kopassala started the game for the Jackets. He stopped fifteen and nineteen. A .789. save percentage. Gervinif stopping thirty four and thirty eight. A point nine six eight eight point point eight nine five. Of course. The game, and then last night, the jackets headed to this place. The stars at night, a big and bright Deep
2: in the heart of Texas. <laughs> Wait,
0: don't. Yes, they headed into Dallas, Texas, to take on the Dallas Stars, and the jackets started off the scoring streak with Cam Atkinson's eighth of the season. It was 1 0 Columbus before Rudolph. Rudolph gets his sixth of the season for Dallas and is tied at one apiece. But Pierre Luc Dubois with the game winner, his eighth of the season as the Jackets cruise to a 2 1 victory over the Stars. Shots on goal in the game. Columbus had 28 shots on net to Dallas' is 27. Dallas led in the faceoff department 55 to 45%. Columbus 1 for 3 on the power play in the game. Dallas 0 for 4. 15 minutes of penalties for Columbus, 13 minutes for Dallas. The Stars out hitting the Jackets 25 to 15. Bob stopping 26 to 27. A save percentage of a 0.963 in the game. Uh, Hobby Bullen. Hobby Bullen. Stopping 26-28. A.929 a save percentage in the game. So a great game for the Jackets. The Jackets come back home. To 200 West Nationwide Boulevard to get back into the swing of things this upcoming week. Jackets are at home on on Thursday to take on the Florida Panthers before they head out to Carolina and then to Toronto before the Thanksgiving holiday. Other scores are on the NHL from last night in the NHL on Monday night. Carolina gets the 3-2 one over the Chicago Blackhawks. The Rangers bounce back. Get another big point over the Vancouver Connects 2-1. And Anaheim was a winner 2-1 to one, over the Nashville Predators. Tonight on the docket, Pittsburgh is in New Jersey to take on the Devils. Vancouver is in New York to take on the Islanders. Florida is in Philadelphia to take on Gritty and the Flyers. Tampa Bay is in Buffalo. That game, the NBCSN game. Arizona is in Detroit to take on the Wings. Washington is in Minnesota to take on the Wild. Edmonton hosts the Montreal Canadiens. Nashville is in San Jose to take on the Sharks. And Toronto is out west to take on the Kings. Tomorrow's NBCSN games look like this. Chicago is at home to take on St. Louis. And Anaheim is in Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. Looking at the NHL standings going into today's play, this is what it looks like, updated standings. Tampa Bay is 12-4-1 with 25 points. Toronto, 11-6-0 with 22 points. Boston, in third place in the Atlantic Division at 10-5-2 with 22 points. Metropolitan Division looks like this. The Columbus Blue Jackets are in first place at 10-6-2 with 22 points. The Rangers, 9-7-2 with 20 points. The Flyers, 9-7-1 with 19 points. The wildcard standing looks like this. Montreal, 9-5-3 with 21 points. Buffalo, 9-6-2 with 20 points. On the outside looking in, Carolina, 8-7-3 with 19 points. The the Islanders are 8-6-2 with 18 points. Pittsburgh, 7-5-3 with 17 points. Washington, 7-6-3 with 17 points. Ottawa, 7-8-3 with 17 points. The Red Wings are 7-8-2 with 16 points. Florida is 6-5-3 with 15 points. And the Devils are 6-8-1 with 13 points. Western Conference standings looks like this. Nashville is 13-3-1 with 27 points. Minnesota, 11-4-2 with 24 points. Winnipeg, 10-5-1 with 21 points in the Central Division. In the Pacific, Vancouver is 10-5-2 with 22 points. Calgary, 10-7-1 with 21 points. San Jose, 9-6-3 with 21 points. Wildcard standings, Dallas now in first place in the wildcard race at 9-7-2 with 20 points. Colorado 8-6 and 3 with 19 points. Anaheim 8-8 eight, eight, and 3 with 19 points. Arizona 8-7 and 1 with 17 points. Edmonton is 8-8 eight, eight, and 1 with 17 points on the outside looking in. Chicago is 6-8 and 4 with 16 points. St. Louis 6-6 six, six, and 3 with 15 points. The Vegas Golden Knights are 7-10 and 1 with 15 15 points. The Kings are in dead last At 5, 10, and 1, with 11 points. So that's what the NHL standings look like going into tonight's play. As you're listening to All ADL for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now. However, you're listening to me tonight, wherever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. Dive a little bit into the fish, of course. The walleye in action this afternoon, this morning, actually, to take on the Wheeling Nailers. And the. Walleye continue their winning ways as they win 2 to 1 over the Wheeling Nailers. Mark Wolf getting his fourth of the season, Kevin Tanty his third, Joseph for Wheeling his sixth of the season. The Walleye were outshot by Wheeling 33 to 23, and they were 1 for 8 on the power play. Wheeling 0 oh, for 5. The Fish come back home this Thursday to take on the Kalamazoo Wings before they have Saturday night against Fort Wayne. It is Mike Ruzioni Bobblehead Night. I will be there in attendance for that game. It's one of those games that you got to go see because they play Fort Wayne pretty, pretty well. So, and they are in first place in the Western Conference Central Division as well as in the Western Conference all together. So, there's that for you right there. As you're listening, like I said, all, to all Andy Elf for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network. Whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Now, Stitcher, however you're listening to me tonight. Wherever you're listening to me. Thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And now we head to the end of the program. And it's time for. Andy rants. First, first and foremost. I want to thank you for tuning into the program tonight. You make the show possible. You the listener. And um, continue support. To that as well too. And uh, I have a. Uh, passing along for this too. If you are a connoisseur. Of glassware course follow the Facebook page and follow and I will send a Facebook tweet out to this as well on our face to the Libby factory outlet it's friends and family week of course 30% off your tire purchase that's right 30% off your tire purchase coming down see the glass the Christmas glassware as well as get stocked up for this Thanksgiving holiday which is next week in the downtown warehouse in Toledo Ohio it's 205 South Erie Street Make sure you park on the Huron Street side of the building. And we are open seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 9.30 in the morning till 5.30 in the evening. On Saturday, we're open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday, we're open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We will be closed on Thanksgiving. So remember to like us on Facebook. You'll get the coup- you can find the coupon there as well as on Twitter as well. So there is that for you, that shameless pug tonight. Because it is Friends and Family Weekend. And I will be there, of course, at the other job this upcoming week. Want to make mention of this. Of course, last week, you all know that I was off doing things. I got a new automobile. Uh, for those of you, like I've, you heard in the podcast this past, on the Friday the 2nd, I was in court... Paid my fine. Paid my due. Silver car was totaled out. I purchased a new automobile. The new jacket wagon. It's now called the it's called the Black Knight. I bought a 2014 Buick Encore for my friends at Fair Toyota. Out there in Bowling Green, Ohio. Now you're going to say to yourself, Andy, why did you purchase a car in Bowling Green? Well, it's the family atmosphere that is Fair Automotive set your appointment by going online to Thayer. Remember, think Thayer in Bowling Green. But Andy Rance tonight looks like this. We are on the cusp of the end of the football season in college football. Next week is Rivalry Week Part 2. Huge week in college football. You have Florida State playing Florida. You have Notre Dame playing USC next week. And you have Michigan versus Ohio State. Great games. Absolutely fantastic games. This is this is the best time of year for sports. Cuz you're getting closer and closer to the end of the NFL season and you're diving into the start of the college towards the end of the college football season. And we're getting closer to the end of the champion, to coming up to championship weekends, as well as bowl season, my friends. Bowl season. So, I may mention this at the beginning of the series. How much is too much? Well, a lot of you have responded to that and saying it is too much. And. The amount of bowl games that there's available out there is just outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. But a six-win team, you have to have a minimum of six wins to be qualified for a bowl game. And like I mentioned before, if UT gets, the, gets six wins, do you take the bowl? And I'll post that on Twitter as the poll question for this week's show. If UT gets six wins, do you take the bull? Because if it was me, I wouldn't take the bull. I wouldn't take the bull. I'd take my licks and move on from there. But yes, is it too much football? Recently it is, in my opinion. But I can't get enough of it. And once the end of the NFL season... Starts like I mentioned before. College basketball is right around the corner. So we get fully involved with that. So we got a long ride here on All eighty Offered. Hopefully you're subscribed. Because if you're not, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. So a lot of reflection on my life from this last week. And football helped me out over that time frame. And sports have helped me out in the time frame. Sports is the ultimate reality TV, in my opinion. A lot of it's all scripted, and a lot of it's all fake and everything like that. But football is real. Football is absolutely real. And the thing is, you don't know what you expect every given Saturday. You don't. But we'll see. We'll see what happens this Saturday. And that's going to wrap it up for all Andy for tonight right here on the Anchor Network. We'll be back again on Friday for our Falcon Friday edition of the program to get you set up for the BG Akron game, as well as to recap the University of Toledo's game against Kent State. And, of course, with it being a Friday show, it's a Facebook Live show. So if you haven't followed me on on Facebook yet, find me. Andy Alford. Hit the page and we will will put you on we'll get you on the air for this Friday's edition of All Andy Alfred, a live edition on the program. But until then, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. And remember, as always, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together, the game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams behind me, it's your teams that you root for at home. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Friday for another edition of All Andy Alfred. Love you. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of All Andy Alfred on the All Andy Alfred Network. Powered by Anchor.